Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. Jim Dunaway, Lance Taylor, Ryan Brown, and Rockstar. Live from the Birmingham Racecourse Casino Studios, the next round, presented by Bud Light, is on now. <laughs> what a great day to be alive as we get rolling on a Thursday now. A lot to get to, including Nick Saban's new job, the aftermath of college football recruiting the Super Bowl this weekend, Charles Barkley's comments last night during the basketball game. But we, of course, start with the basketball game last night where Auburn Beat Alabama 99-81 down at Neville Arena. It was never close, LT, after that 15-2 run to end the first half. Bama never got it back to single digits after that run to close out the first half. Yeah, you know what was crazy was they're down 17, and then they go on a 19-4 run. And or they were down fifteen, sixteen, thirty to eighteen. They were down twelve when they, at the yeah. ten minute mark. Yeah, so they they take the lead, uh, and then Auburn closes on a nineteen four run. Yeah. So when Alabama took the lead, I was like, okay, well they're settling in. We're gonna have a hell of a game here. And then it went back the other way, and they just got. It. I mean, that was what we call a dick whipping. Yeah. <laughs> we had that quote last night yeah. in our post game show there. But Brownie, as we discussed last night. One thing that happened when it was an entertaining, good game early on, Alabama was hitting threes. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think at that moment where Lance is talking about there, where it was 30-18, to 18, I think at that moment when Alabama went on that run, they had uh, hit six threes in the game, if I'm not mistaken. And they ended up with nine. So that tells you how cold they went from the field because they did not quit shooting threes until – Basically, they weren't making any. Yeah, 32-18 was a score at 10-01 mark. Yep. And then Wrightsell hits one, and they go on that run. Yeah. yeah. But then the rest of the way, Auburn's defense on the perimeter was just – I mean, Alabama didn't have open shots, really, from that point on. There were very few open looks from three, and they played such a great defensive game, um, especially on the outside, taking Alabama's mismatch of when they had four guards on the floor to counter Auburn's big inside – they had the smaller lineup in there, which usually opens up shots out on the perimeter for Alabama. They never opened up last night. Auburn's defense was smothering inside the building, and they get the win 99-81. Let's get some reaction, uh, not only from you in the chat room, but from postgame last night. We appreciate all of you who followed this on social media. Taylor down there uh, covering it for us at Next Round Live. There's the uh, the team leaving the court last night after oh, what do you guys call that now Scott is that a oh, you do what the re- a condescending question will you do this the is. reverse Alabama cheer what's it called reverse Dixieland delight y'all reverse some stuff what is it reverse what uh, I think that would be the reverse rammer jammer reverse yes. rammer jammer that's what you call that reverse rammer how does that go um, they, you sing they, it backwards they, they, they sing the Alabama thing yeah. uh, and just replace uh, Auburn with Alabama we just beat the hell out of you uh, maybe they say heck uh, down there. Is there. They beat oh, the heck God. out of you? Is that what so it was? So condescending, Scott. Uh, no, I, I think they beat the hell out of you. Actually. <laughs> I believe that's the, the way that went down. No matter. <laughs> yes, the high school moms and dads. Bruce Pearl afterwards talking about just how big of a game this was uh, for Auburn in the SEC race. I felt like going in this game was clear the biggest regular season game we've had this year because if Alabama gets this one, 
they're two games up on us, and we're not probably not in the championship race, and we'd like to still be in it. And so we put ourselves in a position where, you know, at least we're still in it. Um, the crowd was amazing. The environment was tremendous. ESPN goes to a lot of a lot of great buildings, a lot of sellout crowds. This place is different. I, I will tell you this, and I saw this in our post game uh, chat room as well, Brownie. That uh, um, you know it's loud on television, but you know I saw some people saying it feels like ESPN mutes the crowd a little bit. Well, I think do think they have to control the crowd noise just so you can hear the announcers. You know what I mean? They do have to. Yeah. They have to sort of and not mute but they have to ride the crowd mics down and ride up the announcers so it is crazier there in person than it comes across on television and uh, when people who go to the games go back and re-watch those uh it may seem le- it seems crazy on television but it is even crazier there in person well i uh i was watching the first half in a restaurant and left right at the end of the first half and was driving back home at halftime and the Sirius XM on SEC radio their telecast was the Alabama portion so it was Chris Stewart and Brian Passing and Tom Stipe and I think that might be a better test because you can barely hear them. That's right. As Auburn was going on that run at the end of the half, you could barely hear yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, it jumps through to me watching yeah. on TV. We yeah. watched it. Uh, our buddy Will Haver and I watched at a local restaurant and got there early, like 5.30, to make sure we got a seat at the bar. But, uh, man, that I mean, that crowd is just it, – it resembles what you see in the Big Ten, what you see in some of the ACC venues like Cameron Indoor – I mean, the crowd is on top of you. It's nonstop. Nobody sits. Yeah, it's perfectly designed for basketball. And you have to admit, Auburn, like like you're supposed to, Auburn plays so differently there than they do anywhere else. Not that this team can't win in other places. They just did it at Ole Miss, and they may do it in the NCAA tournament coming up. But when you play there, I don't know where you would – how many extra points it's worth playing there compared to playing anywhere else, neutral side or somebody else's home floor – there is a distinct advantage for this group of Auburn players in that building. They play so much more comfortable there than they do anywhere else. Yeah, I think almost like football, you know, it's three points home field most of the times. I think home court's around three. But last night, you know, these teams, at least coming into the game, Alabama winning 10 of 11, beating Auburn two weeks ago last night. It seemed like these teams were kind of evenly matched, but Auburn was a six-point favorite. There's a reason they were a six-point favorite because Neville, they're that good in that building. Yeah, I, I would tell you, I watched that game and just went back to the one Alabama one and thought to myself, why did Auburn not try to play that game in Tuscaloosa like they played it last night? They played the game the whole game through Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. Yeah, Jalen Williams and Janai Broom, I believe it was 30 field goal attempts between the two of them and 50 points between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, Jalen goes for a a, a career-high 26. They scored half their points, and Lance, Alabama hit, what, uh, nine threes? Yeah, I mean, look. If you're going to give, if you're going to allow Jalen Williams and Janai Broom, and this is the problem for Alabama, they're not the defensive team that they used to be. If you're going to allow them to score 50 points, Alabama's going to probably have to hit 15 threes to have any chance in that game. Yeah, like on a given night, you go 35% behind the arc, you hit nine threes, you got a good shot at winning. Yeah. But, you know, in that venue against that team, by the way, 70, what, 85 free throws they took yeah, last night? That yeah, that was ridiculous. Well, and between it, and the two teams, yeah, not one team. That, that's why, you know, normally it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty close well, to it. One team didn't take 85 free throws. Yeah. Oh, Auburn did take 50. <laughs> yeah, 50 to 35. But, yeah. you know, typically you got a two-hour window for college basketball. It, it normally comes about that two hours 
Last night it got pushed to about 225. Well, I mean, it, sometimes it, you'll get a 210 because you'll get yeah. the yellow box that says, oh, by the way, so-and-so and so-and-so starting over on ESPN News and ESPN+. Plus. But to put it into in context of what you're talking about, 50 free throws for Auburn, they made 40 of them, which was a school record, breaking a record that was set in 1959 when they shot 39 made free throws against Mississippi State, or maybe as they were called back then, Mississippi Southern, or whatever they were uh, back then. Oh, no, I guess that's Southern Mississippi. I guess Mississippi State's always been Mississippi State. Uh, or maybe I they were at Mississippi A and T or something yeah. like that. Yeah. A and M. Yeah. Auburn was fresh off a national championship. That's right. <laughs> in football. Big moment yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's how long that record had stood since the 1950s and made free throws. Was Beard Eves erected back then? I guess it was. Oh, I'm sure. I'm See, sure they it looked playing, like it was. I'm sure, they were playing in the Auburn you know, gymnasium. That, that's, and then. I've made this point multiple times this year. Both these teams can shoot free throws. I mean, both Alabama was 28 to 35, 80 percent. Auburn 40 of 50, 80 percent. I can't recall the last time I saw 75 free throws in a game, though. Yeah, that was a lot. That's it's a little too much there. I, I don't disagree. Well, people are going to complain about the officiating about that. Too many fouls being called. Well, there were both but, sides, but, but it, didn't, but, it but, didn't affect the outcome. It of the didn't game. affect the outcome no. of the game. But that's how the game was being played. I think they had to call those fouls. I think there were a lot more not called yeah, in that game. But I'm kind of the if both teams are doing it, I'm kind of going to let a lot more of it go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if both teams now, if one team is playing that way and the other is not, I might be more apt to call it on the other team. Yeah, But if both teams are playing that way, I'm almost like, you, this is the way you coaches want the game. I'm going to call it that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm shocked there were no technicals in that game. It was really close yeah. with Grant Nelson and Chad Baker. Yeah, it, it was close a couple of times. But you know, on the perimeter, Auburn was playing so into the bodies. There were a lot of fouls called. Could have been more. But down low, Alabama outsized. Alabama's having to crawl all over the big men the whole game. And that's where a lot of the fouls were being called. Uh, that's that's why there were so many fouls called because I think that the the defense was fouling people and they they could have called. I think they could have called eighty five more. Here's what's crazy: is that many free throws were shot. Free throws were fourteen Alabama, sixteen Auburn at the half. Yeah, that was at the half. And look how many they ended up shooting. I mean, you were only at thirty free throws at the half, and they ended up shooting eighty five, fifty five free throws in the second half. Yeah, because there were moments in the first half when it still was being played the way Alabama wanted to play it, in space and shooting the ball, uh, not down in the paint. There were moments where Alabama, for the first 12 minutes of the game, still had a little chance of of being in the contest. But then at the end, it became too much Auburn. I was surprised listening. Um, not surprised, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I'm going to stick with my first emotion. I was surprised in listening to the Auburn Network on my way back from the event I had to do in Tuscaloosa. And... Uh, and I'm listening to Auburn and Andy Burcham and Bruce do their pregame interview. And Bruce said, this is one of the top five most important games I've coached at Auburn. And I'm sure he meant regular season. But And I thought to myself, is it that important? And then as you watch that game play out, and then Bruce doubled down with it in the postgame, and then here is Janai Broom afterwards. Just I mean, he made a point to, uh, I guess, sell it to his team that this was one of the most important games uh, that he's had at Auburn. Here's Janai Broom. How big of an energy, energy booster is this for you and this team? Oh, that was a must win. Uh, you know, they were first in the SEC. And, uh, you know, our goal is to win SEC. So, uh, you know, we had to get a separator. You know, uh, we had to get one. Because um, a lot of people in the league ain't going to beat Alabama. You know, they're a very good team. So uh, that was big that we were able to split with them. But we got to just keep it going. 
Well, we discussed that on the show, I guess it was yesterday, is that an Alabama win here, they are going to be hard to track down in the SEC. Oh, yeah, Almost I mean, impossible for Auburn, but hard for everybody. Well, I mean, you think about it. Auburn would have been 7-3. and three. Alabama's 9-1. Uh, and one. You've yeah. got a two-game lead. You sweep the regular yeah, season the series. Yeah. It's really going to be almost impossible for Auburn to overcome that. But it would have been tough on Tennessee and South Carolina, too. Yeah, but I still think this is like a battle for supremacy of the state. Like, Alabama's got it in football. Auburn fans don't want to hear that, but right now, Alabama, obviously, is a dominant product. I I think think it's pretty obvious. Realistic Auburn fans know it, yes. But I really, you know, Auburn had the Final Four, but Alabama was the number one overall seed. I mean, I really don't know who the team is. Is there an alpha team in basketball? Both of these teams feel like top 10, top 15 teams this year, but nobody has established themselves the alpha. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Alabama's won two of the last three conferences and tournaments. Auburn um, has won three trophies in basically that same period of time. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, if you guys were on a show in Kansas City and they're like, you know, who owns that state in basketball? I wouldn't feel comfortable saying either side. No, no, not at all. And, and more importantly, though, I think. The, and that the, goes back to the point of Bruce Pearl made. You lose that game, Alabama's got all the momentum. But, but more importantly to me is that Auburn and Alabama are their national players at this point oh, in yeah. history in college basketball. That was the biggest game in the country. Well, you heard last Barkley. Night. You know, yeah. you mentioned the comments and you know, he said there's no dominant team, which I kind of agree with. I don't feel like you've got a, a team that's going to roll into this tournament. They're going to be the clear-cut favorite. I think every team has got a chink in the armor. I don't think you trust any of these teams entirely. But he said Auburn is one of the you know eight to ten best teams in college basketball. I think when Alabama is on, they're obviously one of those teams too. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be surprised if Auburn or Alabama yeah, I mean, this sounds crazy. Wins a national championship for the first time. Yeah, my fear with Alabama is I think there are certain teams that they will play that are matchup problems for them. Tennessee is one of them. All about the draw. Auburn, the way they they played their game last night, is a matchup problem for Alabama. And there are some teams that won't be able to match up with Alabama correctly. Nate Oates after the loss last night, and boy, I, I know Auburn people don't like this guy, uh, but he he is the most honest coach. Uh, he speaks. He speaks his mind, and he he doubles down. Uh, and this is this is him last night with his team still tied for first place. And listen to what he says in the post game right here, where he just absolutely tells the truth about how that game played out. It was a great game, great environment. I mean, it wasn't a great game, but the <laughs> environment was great. <laughs> Auburn was ready to go. We weren't. You know, it's for first place. They came out play like it was for first place. We played like. We'd still be in first place if we won, which is a little disappointing because we could have separated ourselves a little bit, and we didn't. So now I'm guessing I haven't looked at the scores. I'm guessing we're in a four-way tie in the lost column in first place. So, you know, we've got some work to do in these last eight games. You know, they, they were better than us. They, they played harder. You know, they out-rebounded us. They were up on the glass most of the night. They took advantage of our smaller lineup inside. They turned us over. We didn't turn them over. A lot of the effort stats that you look at rebounds turnovers they, they were better than us so i uh we, we gotta go back we gotta play our you know they 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 were definitely a better team more prepared they, they were ready to go tonight yeah uh, there, there is there's no excuse making for that guy uh, and he was exactly right they played like it was a game for first place and we played like a, a team that we're still gonna be in pl- first place even if we lose the game well i didn't think alabama was ever comfortable you know when they went on that mini run in the first half but you know he said it 
you know, we turned the ball over. We couldn't turn them over. I mean, 15 turnovers for Alabama, only five for Auburn. Yeah. Auburn only turns the ball over five times. Watch out. Oh, and that's, I mean, Trey Donaldson, and I know Aiden Holloway's part of that too. Uh, and a lot of people hold, uh, you know, dribble the basketball and carry, but carry the basketball up and down the floor and distribute it and all that. But the way Trey Donaldson is playing and the way he's playing through contact and people being physical with him on the point, I really think it goes back. If I remember, I think I read a story Justin Hokins talk, talked about. Uh, Justin Hokinson talked about Trey Donaldson's football background it helps him play through contact a lot. Um, Justin with with Auburn Live yeah, on three sports. They had four turnovers in a game like that, um, where Alabama had a lot of four guards out there, which you know a lot of mobile, fast, good defensive guys. Four turnovers. They didn't get their fifth turnover until two fifty-five left in the game when the game was way out of hands. When they made their fifth turnover, that is remarkable ball handling. Yeah, look, Holloway is going to be really good once he gets a little more confidence in game situations. But if I'm an Auburn fan, I feel better with Donaldson. And you heard Barkley, he said, you know, he's not the best player, but he's my favorite player on this roster because of how hard he plays. Um, but, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like, I don't think you can outscore this bench. The Auburn bench? Yeah. yeah it's going to be tough. I, they, they just bring bodies at you, man. That's a deep basketball team. And, you know, once we get to March, it's going to be a different game because it's neutral sites every single night. But right now, you know, people were texting me before, who do you have in this game? Because they knew we were giving out a play at Lance's Lock. By the way, I got swept on this series. Had Auburn in the first matchup in Coleman, loser. Had Alabama last night, plus six. People were like, why do you like Bama? And I was like, I just think it's going to be one of these games that comes down to the wire. I said, but Auburn's impossible to beat at home. And uh, I should have known better. And they really are. I mean, 12-0 right now at Neville. And when they play just a B game, they're unbeatable there. You know, it's, Alabama wasn't that far off their average turnovers. They averaged 12 and a half a game. I mean, 15 is high, but it's not like it was a crazy high. But the problem you know? is you didn't turn Auburn over. Well, yeah, Auburn averages nine and a half a game, and you only turn them over five times. Yeah. And that, Four, uh, four that's, and meaningful time, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at the gap there, and you can see how Auburn won that game by the margin they won it. Uh, it's such an interesting theme because now, you know, they only count one. It felt like it was such a uh, big game last night. Um, in fact, Tumor's corner rolled. I don't know if you do it after every Auburn win or not, but uh, Taylor, who was covering for us, got down there last night. So uh, Tumor's rolled last night. Crowd out there enjoying the Auburn victory as you get to drive by downtown Auburn last night. Lit up in a lot of war dams as they threw the uh, the toilet tissue into the trees down there. It's a big win. But it only counts as one. Now you got to go back this up for Auburn. They go on the road at Florida this weekend. Sneaky, tough game down in Gainesville. Um, a team that has the size inside that can match up with Auburn. Auburn's going to have to, you know, hit some outside shots in this one. And then for Alabama, you got to you got to put this behind you. You got to make sure that the that the old the old car is not broken down. You got a little confidence as you go on the road to Baton Rouge against a not a great LSU team, a team you're so much better than, but a sleepy eleven o'clock tip in Baton Rouge coming off of what just happened to you in Auburn. Um, both those games raise, you know, these are these are gut check games for you coming off a big emotional win like this for Auburn and a big emotional loss like this for Alabama. Yeah, I agree. Both seem like trap games. If you're Alabama, you almost wish you were playing at Kentucky. You know, Oof. something that really grabs your attention, <laughs> yeah, though, when you come saying. out and you've got to play your best basketball. Yeah. Because, you know, much like Nate said, you know, it was like we were playing to remain in first. You know, I'm sure there's a mentality that this LSU team that got beat by, what, 20 last night to Tennessee. It seemed like LSU was up, too. And 
a minute later, they were down 20. Yeah. And this LSU team is not very good, but you just wonder if Alabama's going to be able to get up for an 11 o'clock road game. Yeah. By the way, uh, for Auburn, and just because this has been kind of a narrative for them, another quad one opportunity, back-to-back, they get quad one win number two. This is another one Saturday at Florida. Florida's a top 75 team, obviously, in the net. So it's a road game against top 75. Another quad one win for Auburn if they can get it. it it's a gauntlet in the SEC. We know that. But Barkley did agree with me. I know you were playing up to Stephen Pearl the other day saying the SEC is a better conference than the Big 12. <laughs> Barkley said Big 12 better Big conference. Big 12 is, is the better and once, conference. And once he left, Jamie Dykes agreed with me that the SEC is better than the Big 12. Yeah, I think Jimmy knows Jimmy. where his check comes from. <laughs> yeah, he Charles, does. Called him, Charles called him Jamie. Oh, Jamie. Uh, uh, and as they were going off, the mics are still up and Barkley's like, did I call him by the wrong name? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Yeah. The whole interview, Charles. Yes. Uh, more on the other stuff Charles said that had people talking uh, a little bit later in the show. We'll get to some football news, the Nick Saban news and all that as we move through. A lot more from the locker room from Bruce Pearl, Nate Oates, Jalen Williams still to come on the show as Auburn gets the win last night, 99-81. Show being brought to you by a couple of great sponsors. One of those, Redmond Vodka. It's Charles Barkley's Vodka as he was down there in Auburn last night. Do they pour in Auburn Arena? I guess uh, it's just beer, right? I think it's only beer. I don't think they do the hard beer and seltzer. Uh, underneath, if you are sitting in some of the seats, I've been blessed by some of my Auburn friends to take me to. Um, over in the bowels, they right, have. right behind the benches, you yeah. go back into a VIP area and uh, they, yeah, they pour some Red Mob vodka. Just saying, if there's vodka poured in Neville, it's going to be Charles Barkley's vodka, which is Red Mob vodka. I had a client up here yesterday and we were talking about vodkas. Um, and I was like, for the price point, um, you know, there's some other vodkas that get a little more pub. But if you want to support local, you want a great vodka for the price point, it is Redmont Vodka. It's available in 22 states now. Ask for it by name. Eight times distilled. Gluten-free. Pick up a bottle today. Local package or ABC stores. Available at the Beverage Place. Pink package. It's Redmont Vodka. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Jacurbo. That is... Uh uh, arena club is what he's calling it there uh, it's underneath there you go back in there and uh some some people have their own rooms you're stocked with it's almost like a suite but it's underneath and then it's a big open bar area they got um, a dj down there uh, people dancing around <laughs> no djs oh. but uh a lot of good times a lot of good times it's, I was a, it's some, a nice arena somebody went to a ravens game and they were in a suite and they said that they had a full-out dj and they said there was the people sitting in the seats in the front, like those 12, 15 seats. They were all watching the game, and everybody on the backside, it was just a club. <laughs> they didn't even watch any of the game. Uh, sounds like a perfect setup for you sometimes, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Dry February, man. Eight days in. Hey, well, we come back a little college football news off of National Signing Day and what Nick Saban's doing with his life now. Uh, all the show brought to you by our friends at Way to Wellness, your journey to healthy living. All you have to do uh, to get more details about this is go to this website, aplanforme.com, aplanforme.com. That'll get you in contact with Leslie and her board-certified team. There's no fee for a free consultation at all, so you can get details here and find out how Way to Wellness can design a weight loss plan for you. It is Way to Wellness. Uh, they've got no contract, no sign-up fees, and I said that first consultation is free. Uh, you want to lose 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds. They can make it happen. You want to control your blood pressure, your cholesterol. They can make that happen, too. Just be healthier in 2024. Do it with our friends at Way to Wellness. It is the best, easiest um, user-friendly thing I have ever done in my life when it comes to my health. I just hope if you're struggling with that thing in your life, you will use these folks. At least check them out for free. A planforme.com. A planforme.com. It's way to wellness, your journey to healthy living. 
Call the next round now at 205-734-0923. Hey, if you're looking for Birmingham's best pizza, you need to stop in and see our friends at Slice Pizza and Brew. It's as local as you can get from the ingredients that go into every pizza to the beer on tap for a great lunch or dinner. Go see our friends today, Vestavia or Lakeview at Slice. Fire damage to your home or business is something you never want to consider. Ryan Brown here from the next round. But in the horrible event it happens, Dry Tech is here to help. They respond quickly and will reply to you within 20 minutes when you call 205-637-0143. They're working for you, the customer, not the insurance company. They've got five crews ready to go 24-7. Don't call the insurance company first. Call Dry Tech. Just remember this website, mydrytech.com. That is mydrytech.com. Start your day online at nextroundlive.com. Get all the latest videos, podcasts, and college football stories. And it's also a great way to stream the show or shop in the Next Round store. Stay connected by visiting nextroundlive.com. If renting is putting a dent in your bank account, here's your sign from the universe that it's time to buy a new home. And who better to help you through the ins and outs of home buying than our friends at Mortgage Right? With Mortgage Right, you don't have to worry about becoming a short notice mortgage expert because they do all the heavy lifting for you. They're trusted mortgage professionals and they'll help you choose the right mortgage option and stand by your side every step of the way. Visit mortgageright.com/tnr to buy before renting runs you dry. That's mortgageright.com/tnr. In MLS 2239 equal housing lender. Hey, let me tell you about our friends at Urology Centers of Alabama. Compassionate and comprehensive urological care with 35 physicians, 17 locations across Alabama. Their patient-centered approach to all of your urological needs. Remember, they've got that new men's health center. It is beautiful, helping men with a wide range of sensitive male issues in a comfortable environment. You can always go online, visit urologycentersalabama.com, schedule an appointment with one of their many urologists today. The wait is over. Tonali has arrived. Beautifully distinctive Italian styling and performance. Come test drive the all-new 2024 Alfa Romeo Tonali plug-in hybrid at Alfa Romeo of Birmingham. The all-new Tonali offers best-in-class horsepower and torque. Fastest 0-60 to times in its class. Plus best-in-class range with full electric charge. And best of all, qualified Tonali leasees are eligible for up to $7,500 EV tax credit factored into your lease. Hurry down to Alfa Romeo of Birmingham and experience the all-new Tonali. Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The social media team at Next Round Live will share the latest interviews and videos from UAB, Alabama, Auburn, and campuses all over the college landscape. You'll also get the latest highlights and news from the Next Round Live daily show. Jim, Lance, and Ryan will share their thoughts. And remember, you can always see the old shows on the Next Round Live YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, and don't forget to comment. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss a thing. It's Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Some people, I was telling Brown about this, uh, Dylan Riola, who uh, decommitted from Georgia and committed to Nebraska. Uh, his dad did an interview on signing day yesterday with Rivals and uh, told a story where when there was smoke floating around that Dylan Riola was considering flipping to Nebraska, that Kirk Herbstreet called him up, called Dylan's dad up and said, oh, dude, he's got to do that. Uh, you know, talking about going to Nebraska. And... Um, Basically told uh, the, the dad basically said, "Well, when Herb Street, you know, sort of gave me a little confidence that 
Dylan could be an impact player and what a good guy Matt Rule was and stuff that made me feel a little bit better. It was always going to be Dylan's choice, but I felt better about, you know, supporting Dylan on decommitting from Georgia and going to Nebraska. And, you know, a lot of people are reading this. and Oh, yeah. Um, hey, look. Hey, Ohio State ain't got to worry about Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> but they do about Georgia yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Jeff writes in and says, uh, hey, can we as Bama fans sue ESPN for tampering now and taking our coach, <laughs> getting uh, Nick Saban uh, out of Alabama and onto the ESPN it, set? Is this the biggest unkept secret? Or do we just, was it pure speculation on like well, I think, oh, it's, most yeah. people's part that he was going well, to join 10 years, I just think everybody assumed that would be the next stop because he's not just going to disappear. I don't think that guy's wired that way to just to completely give up something he's done his whole life, number one. 10 years in the making, though, right? Yeah. Did we and first num- hear yeah. the rumors back in 2013? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was one of the things that in 2013, Scott showing you the uh, announcement from uh, College Game Day that Nick Saban is going to join. And they did quickly follow up and say he is not replacing Lee Corso. That's right. That Corso will oh. still be part of the uh, part of the crew. I- I've, got, I've got the whole, uh, I mean, build me a desk this big, right? Uh, you guys make fun of our size of our desk sometime up here. Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond, Pat McAfee, who's back, Nick Saban, Lee Corso. Give me a six-person well, day. No, I, think I, think, I, would, I think I'd bump McAfee, Desmond, and Corso. Oh, well, I'd like, bring, yeah. bring Corso on at the very end. Yeah, McAfee's too entertaining. I, I like having him on there. Um, I would say, Jim, what you're probably going to see is the one segment Nick Saban would not want to participate in is the picks. Simply because I just think he's he's too fresh out of the game. He's got too many former assistants that are coaching games and right. friends that are coaching games for him to pick against them. Yeah, but if I, you're getting paid to do that, like I agree with what Barkley said. Look, I'm not talking to your friends and family. I'm talking to the fans that are watching. If Saban's going to get paid to do this and be authentic, he needs to be able to pick games. Why? Because that's that's part of well, it. It's not part of it. I mean, well, I mean, he shouldn't be like I man. I this guy was my defensive backs coach and. Man, I just, you know, I can't. Of course, you're probably right, because I remember asking him a question about recruiting. He's like, it's not fair to the recruits that I've recruited for the last 30 years. Because I just asked him a simple question about, I I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. who was the best high school prospect you've ever seen? I just think that, I just think that, first of all, that pick segment is already crowded and often rushed. Right. To add one more voice to it. You know what I'm saying? It is right. Because you're adding a guest. Yeah, you've got a guest picker, and then you've got now McAfee who's picking, and Corso and Herb Street, and, you know, Dion. and Desmond. You got to have Dion. Don't Dion come on every other game? <laughs> they're, they're, they've been there a lot. So, I mean, I think adding another guy only slows that segment down. So, I, actually, I think ESPN would be fine with him not doing this segment. I just don't think Saban would have any interest, any interest in doing that. You know, somebody asked me last night, what do you think he's making? And I, I estimate it's about 20 weeks of game day when you go through postseason and everything. Probably two million bucks, hundred thousand dollars a weekend in a jet flight. Wouldn't you think? Is that about right? Oh, I don't know. Ashley could tell us. Probably Ashley, who used to work on Game Day, one of our great female listeners. Um, she she says they always people always assumed that he would be an analyst and would contribute to ESPN. She said I'd never imagined he would be schlepping to uh, college towns every week and sitting on the set of College Game Days. It's actually, if you love college football, which I'm sure he does, obviously, it's actually the best gig you can get. Like you, he was already schlepping to college towns every weekend. You get, you go to a private airport on a Friday morning, I would assume. You fly out, you meet with the coaches on Friday. 
You do game day on Saturday. You fly back after game day. And what, you're putting in 48 hours? Probably. And somebody told me last night, man, you're going way too light. He's getting more than that. And I'm like, I don't know. What would you say you think he's getting? Uh, two million. That wouldn't surprise me, yeah. I mean, I think a hundred thousand season. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars a weekend is not bad, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I, two million for the season wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I think McAfee was paying him a million to make his appearance with yeah. him. I'm going to say five million dollars. I mean, you might be right. I didn't realize McAfee was paying him a million because remember that's what he's it was. also he's also doing uh, at least one, if not two or three days of the NFL draft uh-huh. coming up in April, which will be the first thing he does for them. And then he's doing SEC Media Days, which is the most surprising of all to me, is that he's going to yeah. go to SEC Media oh, Days. I think that would have been, I've never go back there in my life. Yeah, that, that jumped out to me, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. So he's going to sit up there uh, with, on the desk with all the guys, with Feinbaum, and yeah. uh, sit there and uh, do SEC Media Days. Uh, not just his one day, but he's going to sit there for four or five days, however many it grows into at some point. Well, I, I think what you're seeing, and we see this you know, a lot with these coaches, it is impossible for these guys just to completely turn it off. Yeah. I mean, it's like I envision, you know, one day when I finally retire, I really envision completely retiring. I don't want to keep my hand in anything. But these guys are driven differently, right? Yeah. And, and they have been working 18-hour days for the rest of their life or for their whole life, and they can't just completely turn that off. And I know he's playing golf every chance he gets. What? I, I was at this event yesterday, and... and I don't know what I can say and not say. Um, well, I guess say it. And if well, somebody let, bitches let, at let you, me, you should have said it. What, what were you doing at the event? I, I hosted a show for Yay Alabama with Aaron Suttles. And then afterwards, the coaches were talking. Um, well, let me ask you this. To the boosters. Was there any contract? Were you compensated? I uh, was not compensated and there was well, no contract. If there's no contract, no compensation. But I'm not a member of the club they were talking to, you know. And, and you were there. Yeah. Um, you know, Saban's still going to have that office at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if he, I would just say it, Kane Womack said to the big group of Alabama boosters and Red Elephant Club people uh, there that uh, Nick Saban's going to learn the terminology of the of the new defense, and uh, Kane was nervous. He says, "I've got to teach Nick Saban our defense and our terminology." Can you imagine how no. knee shaking that would be? Can you imagine like you're you're up on the whiteboard and you're you're laying this out? And Saban does it Dunaway and kind of rubs his stuff. I was thinking that Rockstar. Can you imagine if Saban acted like Dunaway? Huh, so you're going to blitz there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I'm sure blitzing there will work just no. fine. Yeah, I'm sure blitzing there Is that when you fine. get out the eraser and you're like, okay, I'm not, like, I wasn't 100% sold on that. I wanted to see your reaction. We're going to pull this one back a little bit. Or just the names, like, uh, okay, huh, so we, you call it that? we okay. call this Teletubby 2. And he's going to be like, you call it what? Yeah. Teletubby 2. What? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure the players will understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would if be anything like you, which I don't think Saban's yeah. anything like you at all. But if he is, that's going to be an uncomfortable meeting. No, that's I mean, even I, more uncomfortable than the original press conference on Saturday for Kalen DeBoer, where Saban was sitting five feet in front of him. Yeah, yeah but it, I mean, it's uh, it was funny. I mean, th- that whole coaching staff just really good on the mics and a young, energetic group. And and for Kane to do that, Kane Kane stole the show too. By the way, he was of all the of all the. Guy speaking on the microphone, he was the most comfortable and, and the funniest of them all. Yeah. And he told they had the crowd laughing. He was like, um, so I, I'll tell you what, it's got to happen for me coming up in a few weeks. I'm really nervous about it. And he told, I, I've got to teach the GOAT, you know, one of the great defensive minds in the history of football, our defense, 
in our terminology. Well, I would say he can't fire you, but he could. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but he has not been in Tuscaloosa a whole lot well, since yeah, the retirement. Sh- show me the picture from yesterday. Hey, where was Nick Saban yesterday, Brown? It uh, looks like he has, I think it's uh, probably knowing coach, this is a full nine. You think so on the part M- three? Maybe an eight. So he's at the Phoenix Open Pro-Am in the stadium hole, <laughs> the 16th, probably the most nerve-wracking golf shot he's ever hit because regardless of who it is, you miss the green, they boo you. Yeah. I would say that's the most people he's hit a golf shot in front of. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, yeah. I, I, look, he's living his best life right now. But I guess he's just thinking, you know, once we get to the fall, I've got to be involved in some capacity. I guess so. That was my I point, love. though. I mean, he's got this office at Brian Denny, but the guy ain't exactly living in Tuscaloosa right now. He spent a lot of time in Jupiter, Florida, which yeah. I would be, too. Yeah, we've always said the best thing in the world is options. Yeah. And you this got guy's them. got more than anybody. Yep. Uh, my first takeaway on this, I got two. Leave it up there for me, Forrester. My first one is... He's sticking with the Alabama hat. Yeah, he's got the old straw hat on. That's kind of his look now. Yeah, never been a fan. So he's rolling with that. And the second one is, I I never thought it was that cloudy in the desert ever. Uh, Not not that typically. I think they've had some rough weather over there, like uh, certainly California has. They they call it an atmospheric river. I beg your pardon? An atmospheric river. And they had two of them uh, in recent days in California, bringing... um, Three months worth of rain in one day. I will tell you, that is the most miserable tournament I've ever been to. That one right there? Yep. The Waste Management? And, and this was back in my heyday of debauchery. So this was... My heyday of debauchery. Well, I mean, this is when I could go hard. So yeah. I went out there for like five days to Phoenix. It was the 2007 Super Bowl where New York upset New England. Okay. And so we went out the day before on the Saturday. And I can't tell you... Like, you couldn't... It would be like maybe being in Times Square for New Year's Eve. It was just so chaotic. There were so many people. Um, it did not resemble a golf tournament. I guess that's what they kind of want. That's what they want. Yeah, we had a guy uh, send us a photo um, from number 16 today holding up his hat. It's going to get buried in all the comments uh, already in the show. Now, here it is, Gaston. Uh, Gaston, or Dun- Dunaway calls somebody Gaston. Yeah, in I the, think it's uh, him. Gaston. Gaston. He's got the next round hat, and he's on the 16th at uh, the Phoenix. That is actually a bucket list for me. And I was invi- I'm going to regret doing this. I can already tell you, but there was a reason I couldn't go at the time. But I was invited uh, for Saturday's round. Somebody had a suite ticket for Saturday. I should have done it. If you're in the suite, if if you get there early, you don't deal with the crowd, you sit in the suite, you stay there, probably not bad. Yeah, I think I, the one reason I said no is I think it's a standing invite. I think I can get it again if I need it. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go someday. That is actually a bucket list. I'd like to sit on the 16th one day and watch our, it. Our friends, Lauren Sisler and her husband, John Willard. So Lauren Willard now, but her television name is Sisler. They went last year, yeah, maybe two years ago to it, and they had a blast. Yeah. He's a big golfer. She's not, but they had a blast. Oh, yeah. I've heard the 16th yeah. is incredible. There's uh, Gaston. Scott is showing you Gaston slash Gaston's photo, the next round hat on the 16th today, round one out of Phoenix. You, you would get worn out. Oh, I probably would because I'm not going to drink, you know, as much as most people there are. I might have a drink or two, right, a whole day. Uh, and there is a lot of alcohol consumed there. But it's a heck of a scene, man. Good-looking people. It is. Oh, I'm sure. It's it's what I wish golf were more of. I wish there was more of that in golf, honestly. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. But like a happy medium. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably a touch over the top. Yeah, that allow them to do their jobs, but that's that kind of stadium excitement on every hole. Yeah, yeah we used to go to that par three at Oxmoor Valley. 
back in the heyday of debauchery. Yeah. This is a little bit before 2007, but you know, by that back nine, we would uh, be teeing off on beer cans, what about, Bud Light cans. Yeah, I can imagine that. One of my favorite moments of uh, last year was, um, hey, Rockstar, I am apologizing for this. Uh, can you send Dan Orlovsky? Have you already sent him a link? Not. Go ahead and send him a link. I think he wants to jump on early. I apologize for doing that that quick. That's okay. Um, but um, last year, we're sitting on the 10th at Regions, and they tried as much as they could to replicate that with the uh, place up there. And there's uh, some pro, some old pro up there putting on 10, and the mariachi band shows up, and they yeah. think the 10th green is clear, and right before the guy puts, <laughs> and he spun that head around like, what are you doing? It was fantastic. Uh, when is Orlovsky going to join us? Uh, could be in the next, next segment. segment. Okay. Yeah, he was scheduled for 10. I think his schedule might have changed a little bit. Okay, well, let's jump to break here. And That's then my we'll, apologies. Then we'll get to Orlovsky and then back to everything else. And when I was signing day yesterday in Auburn's big win in basketball last night, show being brought to you by a couple of great folks. Uh, before LT tells us about gutter cap, let me tell you about Urology Centers of Alabama. UrologyCentersAlabama.com is the website. UCA has over 35 urologists on hand, 16 locations across Alabama, treating all your urological needs from prostate health to kidney stones. They'll take care of you. Stay in health, uh, good health, Alabama, and also get that early detection. UrologyCentersAlabama.com. UrologyCentersAlabama.com to schedule your appointment. And our friends at Gutter Cap, keeping your house safe and maybe adding value to it before you sell it. Yeah, look, the last thing you want to do after a long week of work is the dirty, dangerous job of cleaning the gutters. Never do it again. Call our good friend Chris Stewart today. Cap it. Don't snap it. 205-823-2212. He's been in business more than 20 years right here in the Birmingham area. Uh, Make the call today. Cap it. Don't snap it. You don't want to get on the roof. You slip, you fall, you snap the neck and die. You're no good to the wife or kids. Call Chris Stewart today for the absolutely free estimate. 205-823-2212 or guttercapbirmingham.com. Follow John Lunsford on Twitter at JLunts. The wait is over. Tonali has arrived. Beautifully distinctive Italian styling and performance. Come test drive the all-new 2024 Alfa Romeo Tonali plug-in hybrid at Alfa Romeo of Birmingham. The all-new Tonali offers best-in-class horsepower and torque. Fastest 0 to 60 times in its class. Plus best-in-class range with full electric charge. And best of all, qualified Tonali leasees are eligible for up to $7,500 EV tax credit factored into your lease. Hurry down to Alfa Romeo of Birmingham and experience the all-new Tonali. Fire damage to your home or business is something you never want to consider. Ryan Brown here from the next round. But in the horrible event it happens, Dry Tech is here to help. They respond quickly and will reply to you within 20 minutes when you call 205-637-0143. They're working for you, the customer, not the insurance company. They've got five crews ready to go 24-7. Don't call the insurance company first. Call Dry Tech. Just remember this website, mydrytech.com. That is mydrytech.com. Make sure to start your day at nextroundlive.com. Get caught up on the latest podcasts and videos from the live daily show, plus specialty shows such as the Mystery Fifth Hour. You can also learn more about the whole staff at Double Down Media. Find all of our social media feeds, see the latest videos from our YouTube channel and gaming channel, plus find other ways to consume the show like the Next Round mobile app, which you can download direct from the site via your iOS and Android device. Make nextroundlive.com your homepage and stay up to date with everything from us here at the Next Round. 
Bandwagon wants to remind you that baseball and softball season is right around the corner and their shelves are stocked with everything your kid needs. From grip tape to gloves to custom uniforms, Bandwagon has all the gear, big and small, for those ballpark days. Until February 3rd, you spend $100 on baseball or softball equipment and Bandwagon will give you $20 off. Just tell them the next round sent you. Visit locations in Cahaba Heights, Homewood, and Trustful or go online to bandwagonsports.com. Next round listeners, it's time to jump on the bandwagon. Stop by the New York Butcher Shop and pick up the finest in certified Angus prime beef steaks and burgers, premium pork chops, ribs, and all-natural chicken cut to order just for you. Their chef-prepared entrees and side dishes are the perfect dinner-to-go choice for your family and are ready to heat at home. With a great selection of fine wines and desserts, the New York Butcher Shop is your one-stop dinner shop. Two locations to serve you, Cahaba Heights and on Highway 119 in Greystone, the New York Butcher Shop. Rare quality, well-done service. Hey, Ryan Brown here from the next round. Do you want to help pay for my kid's college and look great while you're doing it? You need to go to the next round store. Everything from hats to short sleeve and long sleeve t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, zip up hoodies, and much more. And we're adding new things all the time. Why would you not want to see my kids get a great college education and look great out in the public while you're doing it? Get the gear we wear all the time on the show. And there's only one place to get it. Nextround.store. That's nextround.store. with you on the next round of course uh, national signing day wrapped up yesterday uh, and you end up with the top five recruiting classes georgia alabama oregon miami and ohio state more on those signing classes coming up auburn ended up with a top 10 class at number 10 that from the 24 7 composite basketball last night our precision sound of the day uh, you go back to cut number two rock star bruce pearl just talking about the game that jalen williams and Janai Broom had last evening, and uh, they had 50 of the 99 points that Auburn scored. Here's the Auburn head coach after the big win. The road trip to Mississippi State and Alabama, uh, Jalen didn't play very well. He recognizes that he's one of our best players and one of the better players in the league. And so if we're gonna if we're gonna win, he, he's got to be able to deliver. And um, and I think you know he really has. Both Janai and Jay Will have got that inside out dimension offensively and defensively. They can guard inside, they can guard in the perimeter, they can score inside, they can score in the perimeter. And they're good passers. It's, 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 I, I, did, I did, at the beginning of the year, I did talk about the fact that I thought we had pretty good front line. I want probably, if we look me up, would say, I think, I think we have one of the better front lines in our league. I think I said that. Um, didn't get a lot of talk about it. I think Jalen Williams and Janai Broom could get some discussions about front lines in the country right now. That's Bruce Pearl last night, 99-81, Auburn the win. That sound brought to you by friends at Precision Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. Remember the number, 205-512-3885, precisionsportsortho.com, slash 2024. If you tweak a back, uh, cheering for your favorite team or being upset with your favorite team or trying to keep up with Taylor Korn after an Auburn win as she walks to a field nearby Neville Arena in our postgame show, whatever <laughs> tweaks your body, uh, they'll get you back into the game. Orthopedic care, better together. It is our friends at Precision Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, 205-512-3885, precisionsportsortho.com slash 2024. Uh, the reaction before we talk to Orlovsky about the Super Bowl and um, everything else going on in Vegas, 
um, the reaction to Auburn's win on the computers. And I think I have this. If you'll do the net, Brown, I'll do Ken Palm. Okay. Uh, on Ken Palm, Auburn is now four. Tennessee is five. And Alabama is seven. So four, five, seven. Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama in the Ken Palm. Now, that's the one that a lot of the coaches respect. But the one the committee actually uses is the net. Tennessee jumped Alabama last night. So Tennessee up to five. This after last night's games, obviously. Alabama drops to six. Auburn stayed at seven last night. So uh, not a huge change in the net. And if you pay attention to the net, you don't get a lot of big sweeping changes. It's not... I think when the net first came out, I kind of thought it was going to be like the Associated Press poll. Like, if you fall, if you lose, you're going to fall. It does not change a time. Uh, so you don't get a lot of big jumps in the net. But, yeah, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, in that order, 5-6-7. Yeah, so uh, keep in mind, uh, still a lot of basketball to play. Eight games in conference for all these teams, a conference tournament, and then selection Sunday. But we're getting down to it a lot closer. Big win last night uh, for Auburn. We're getting ready for the Super Bowl, but a couple of other things going on. Betting lines on where Justin Fields takes his first snap next year in the NFL. Which team? Who do you think right now is the betting favorite? Well, I mean, the favorite should be the Bears. It is. The Bears. Close second. But right after the Bears? (sighs) These were yesterday's odds. Plus 100 um, for the Bears. Plus 140 for the next team. I am going to go uh, Pittsburgh. Forrester's dead on. Give me Fields on the Falcons. Plus I was 140 the with the yeah. Falcons. I was thinking the Falcons. That's who I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of a Georgia tie there that that, that the, skews the betting market. You go up to plus 450 with Las Vegas, the Raiders. And then the team after that is Seattle, and then they get into the thousands, plus 1,000. Yeah, I've heard that Seattle will uh, stick with Geno Smith at least this year because they want a guy that's got a lot of starts under his belt. I still think Fields got a lot of upside. I mean, if I was Forrester and you guys get Fields, that's the best team in the NFC South. I would say I would like to see him on the Falcons. I think he could thrive on the Falcons. I really do. I do, too. I think Justin Fields would be fantastic on the Falcons. There's a lot of good parts on that Atlanta Falcons team. And he can, you know, he can deliver it to those parts much better than anybody they had on that roster this year. And the added dimension of his ability to run, um, I really, really would like him in that offense. Yeah, I just I think people have tapped out too quickly. We've seen high moments for Fields. We've seen some low, too. But let's face it, man, when you look at the lack of talent around him and that organization where Chicago is right now, if he could get out of there and uh, go back to a place he's familiar with, I know it didn't end well in Athens for Justin Fields, but uh, with those weapons, you know, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson, those guys are going nowhere. I'm with Lance. You're immediately the favorite in the South with him. Yeah. Uh, what do you always say about NFL coaches and jobs? Well, they are never without one. Once you're an NFL coach, you're an NFL coach for life. You, you, you retire, and that's the only way you're out of the NFL. No matter how old you get. Yep. These are the people that the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are interviewing for their, for their position. Right. Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera. This is for defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, and Rex freaking Ryan. Rex Ryan of ESPN. I mean, he's been doing the studio at ESPN for how long now? Uh, years. 
I think I would rather stick in the studio, but if he wants to get back into it, I would think your favorite there is probably Zimmer, just some familiarity, former defensive coordinator. He's got a relationship with Jerry Jones. But, I mean, all those guys got great reputations on the defensive side of the ball. I, I mean... I still don't think it matters for whatever reason until yeah. Jerry dies. I don't think yeah. he's getting another one. I don't know if he sold his soul early on. But, but how old is Rex Ryan? Well, I would say that Rex is 67. And he has not worked in the NFL since the Jets head coach, right? I don't was, think so. Uh, oh, he was the Bills head coach. I always forget about that, that one year. Um, Rex Ryan is aged 61. Oh, oh damn. Wow. Wow. Dude, he's an old 61, and he? he really is. Because 67 did not surprise me. Because yeah. it's like he, he doesn't have gray hair anymore. He's got straight out silver hair in his teeth. Well, it's like he bought lighting. his teeth tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> They're that new. They haven't been open yet. They're so new there. Uh, all right. We, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. These guys, again, and we talked about this with Nick Saban, they cannot give up coaching. They just can't do it. And I, I know what Saban's trying to do is he's, he's thinking I can at least get enough out of talking to the Alabama staff, keep that office of Tuscaloosa, breaking down film for game day. I can get enough of that to keep it in my blood a little bit, right? And I think Rex Ryan probably felt that at ESPN. I'll, I'll break down film. I'll sit there and talk about it all the time. You know, I'll watch all the games. They just can't get it out of their blood. They're addicted. Um, speaking of the NFL, um, something happened in Tuscaloosa yesterday. It was... Uh, I don't know if it's newsworthy or not, but it was at least interesting for the time being uh, before Forrester pulls up the picture of Ryan Grubb. Tell me about JohnsonRVCenter.com, our friends up there that we'll be seeing pretty soon at a uh, show down downtown in Birmingham. Yeah, coming up on the 24th because that's when they'll be at the show at the BJCC. But you can get uh, show pricing right now on their lot in Coleman. They'll be doing a lot show right there in Coleman, February 23rd through 25th. That's I-65, exit 304 in Coleman. That weekend, also at the BJCC, we'll be there Saturday the 24th with a live show. Great inventory of campers on site. Uh, RV show prices, good all the month of February. So if you can't make it that one weekend, does not matter. You'll get RV show pricing the entire month of February. If you want to RSVP, though, and, and here's how you're going to get some good incentives. JohnstonRVCenter.com slash TNR. That is johnstonrvcenter.com slash TNR. RSVP and get up to $1,000 in special incentives. So already RV show pricing, great pricing, plus $1,000 in incentives at johnstonrvcenter.com slash TNR. I-65, exit 304 in Coleman, 334 in Decatur, always online, johnstonrvcenter.com. So yesterday over at the Zone in Tuscaloosa, the uh, folks with... Uh, the Red Elephant Club and Yay Alabama hosting a signing, a national signing Yay, they call it, because of Yay Alabama um, get-together. They do this every year, and all the assistant coaches and the coaching staff talk to the crowd. Kalen DeBoer introduced Kane Womack first, and then after that, the coaches just walked up, introduced themselves, and talked to the gathered crowd of Alabama fans. And this is the picture when Ryan Grubb gets up there and not being introduced, the first thing he says is, I'm Ryan Grubb. I'm your offensive coordinator. And the crowd goes crazy at that point. Um, I sent out that information yesterday after you talked with Brock Heward here up here about what happens if Ryan Grubb is not. This doesn't mean 100% that he is not going to the Seattle Seahawks or anywhere else, but 
Uh, he's still working hard in Tuscaloosa, doing all the things he's supposed to be doing and getting ready to be a part of the Kalen DeBoer staff, at least uh, through yesterday. You know, when we started to hear the rumblings at Mike McDonald and the Seahawks organization, John Snyder and those guys might be interested in Ryan Grubb coming back to Seattle, started to ask around, and everyone that I talked to said he's out recruiting, he's out recruiting, he's out recruiting. And for him to come out and say that, he didn't have to say that. Yeah. Was it a definitive? Can you reenact it for me, please? Um you don't have to stand up. I'm just going to get you to say it. Okay, so, all right. Well, I mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't have hair either. Rockstar. Did, I didn't know we had to go to, co- go to costumes. I'm Ryan Grubb, and I'm your offensive coordinator. Okay, yeah. If he said it like that, that is definitive. I think that is to... to uh, well, I didn't know if it was going to be like, I'm Ryan Grubb, and... I am your offensive coordinator. And everybody goes, great. You didn't do that? Well, I mean, for that, him no. to say, I'm your offensive coordinator, that's impactful. And I think that that was premeditated. And if you're reading into that, you're right. I mean, Seattle could come with some ridiculous offer. The guy they wanted, Mike Kafka, just got named um, assistant head coach for the New York Giants after them blocking that interview. So I don't know what direction Seattle goes. Uh, you know, maybe Grubb, though, just finally had the epiphany that – I've been with Kalen since 2007. Let's see what this SEC is all about, and we'll go from there. Discount Daniel wants you to do the reenactment in an Australian accent now. Good day, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. I'm Ryan Grubb. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, by the way, was he impressive? By the way, uh, that whole coaching staff was really entertaining. I mean, I don't know if they can coach a damn lick of football, but they are wonderful on the microphone. Now, if that was LSU, would you say the same thing? I'm just saying, I don't know if they can coach football. They were entertaining on the microphones. Uh, for instance, when Freddie Roach walked up there, he got a standing ovation He's just for, for hanging there and former yeah. Alabama player. Well, I mean, where was Freddie going? <laughs> he, he, Freddie's a good recruiter, though. No, he is, but I'm just saying, like, the best he, thing he could have done was stay there. He said, thank you, thank you, and then he turned to, to every, all the other coaches who were sitting to the left, and he, he said, I'm going to go ahead and tell all of you guys, these guys are going to give me hell that you guys stood up for me when I walked up here. <laughs> <laughs> they all, he looked over there, and they were all ragging him already. Yeah. So they got a good camaraderie on this coaching staff but uh they were all really funny if i was the crimson tide sports network i'd buy a lot of wireless microphones and wire these guys yeah, up. all right that's what they want the seattle uh times reported chip kelly has interviewed for that position too yeah. i was gonna oh s- yeah so real quick uh brock brought that up yesterday and for chip kelly to leave ucla going into the big 10 to be maybe the offensive coordinator for who knows a year in Seattle because Mike McDonald's probably not going to get fired after a year. If the offense doesn't work, Jim Kelly could get fired. Uh, dude, they don't have a proven quarterback there. And by the way, he interviewed with the Raiders job. He was mentioned for the uh, commander's OC job. And not only does it look like he would take a job, he looks like he's shopping yeah, for a job. He's trying to find anybody that will hire yeah, him. He's trying, yeah. he's trying hard I to agree. leave head coach at UCLA. I just was going to point out on the reaction to the tweet I sent out of Ryan Grubb, uh, two two things. One, Seattle Seahawks fans are vicious. I guess all NFL fans are when you say anything about their team or somebody that their team wants. Right. And I didn't really say that. I just reported this. Um, the other is the Washington folks are angry that they don't have this coaching staff anymore. <laughs> they are they are 
nobody was bragging about. Do you not be yeah. Jed Fish as your guy now? Yeah, I mean, they, they love this coaching staff in Seattle. All right, Dan Olofsky likely in the next segment with us from Las Vegas on the Super Bowl. We'll get to that coming up all right here on the next round. Back to Auburn basketball. Rockstar has four downs, and uh, we'll talk a lot of stuff still to come including a little bit in context what Barkley said on the air last night. They got a lot of play on our post-game show. That's coming up right here on TNR. Follow the next round on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Next Round Live.